social conversations. Join in on the conversation, Atima, as we speak. Uh, the cannabis industry in South Africa. Uh, the WhatsApp number is zero six one four one zero four one zero seven, or you can call in on zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. Should it be legalized? Well, should the bill be passed quicker, and should things be fast tracked? Because I understand there's a lot of people who are traditional growers of cannabis, but are struggling to access the market, and we don't really understand where we are in twenty twenty when it comes to the cannabis market. Hopefully, 2023 will be a bit clearer. That's the discussion we're having. Um, it's uh, from an article uh, penned by Nicholas Heinemann, and we are joined by Raz Gareth Prince, uh, who's a legal professional, Dacha lawyer, and chairperson of the Cannabis Development Council of South Africa. Raz Prince, thank you very much for joining us. A very good evening to you and to all of your listeners. Thanks for having me. So I'm looking at the article that uh, your friend Nicholas Heinemann uh, penned down. And one of the things that really sh- stands out is at the beginning of his article where he says in South Africa, uh, um, you know, cannabis is considered as a natural green industry economy commodity with massive job creation opportunities. But it remains a grassroots struggle with little or no funding or political support beyond the rhetoric and political statements that never seem to translate into action. Is this the case even now in 2022? Very, very much so. It is quite unfortunate that um, since the high, uh, uh, Constitutional Court judgment in 2018, that there has been very little genuine commitment on the part of government of working with cannabis in order to advance the position of South Africans and provide you know, the type of service delivery that we all want. And it is, it is really unfortunate that the discussion around cannabis for most of the time is not informed by reason or by economic principles, but rather by prejudice and emotion. And we need to move away, we need to move the conversation away from recreational substance usage towards sustainable job creation and economic empowerment for the people of South Africa. And that is what cannabis provides us. So therefore, the reluctance that we are seeing on on the part of our government to work with cannabis, it's totally inexplainable. And it goes very much against the grain of a caring government and of one who is genuinely interested in the advancement of its people and providing within the basic needs of its people. But uh, Raz Prince, uh, taking a look at uh, the, um, you know, the, the Green Hydrogen Summit that happened uh, earlier this year, 29th of November, uh, where, you know, the country's investment strategy was uh, released and uh, cannabis was named alongside the green hydrogen and one of the big five frontiers of government, uh, you know, strategies for foreign direct investment and so on. It's part of the NDP. Why is they know political will to make sure that there is clear and precise um, rules that go out to public, go out to growers and farmers, go out to those who consume it in various forms. Why, why do we still not have that? In a sentence, the power of vested interest. Cannabis is an immense disruptor when it comes to the conventional economy. It stands to disrupt the pharmaceutical industry. It stands to disrupt 
the, 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 the alcohol and tobacco industry. It stands to disrupt the energy industry. And these are, are all multi-billion rand industry. And we are saying that cannabis deserves the right to give these industries a run for their money. South Africa as a country finds itself in several crises. You know, uh, pertinent amongst is, is the one that we're currently having with regards to ESCOM and electricity. And we are saying that green diesel, right? We're talking about a green economy, but the government refuses to put cannabis at the center of this green economy. Now we want to talk about green hydrogen, which is still 30, 40 years within the making, whereas we can start as from tomorrow working with cannabis. We, we, we are talking about something that is immediately implementable, something that is environmentally sustainable and something that can provide the type of job security that we all want. The majority of the people in South Africa are not tertiary educated. They are either semi-literate or they are illiterate, a very great percentage of our people. And cannabis allows these people to get a sense of job security and a sense of dignity of being able to provide for their families whilst working not against the rhythm of Umzanzi, but with the rhythm of the earth. And the fact that our government is still reluctant to put money behind this industry and not just uh, political rhetoric and, and, uh, and, and uh, political sound bites providing for the people, but genuine commitment to make these things work. And it's, it's not rocket science, my sister. It mm. doesn't require rocket science. It requires simply government getting out of its own way and getting out of its people's way. The fact that cannabis is still seen as part of the problem instead of part of the solution is, is inexplainable. Whereas we are saying that this is a natural plant of South Africa. The reality is, is that there are millions of people that prefer to use this plant as opposed to tobacco or alcohol. These people should be allowed to exercise their rights. The Constitutional Court in 2018 gave us a right that is not practically implementable. People are said to now have the right to grow cannabis and use cannabis, but we cannot buy cannabis legally anywhere. That is an untenable situation. On that one, uh, uh, Roz Prince, uh, talk to us about what exactly the Parliament legislation on private use is. Is there an update on that one? You know, my sister, this, this piece of legislation started off in the wrong track. If we look at the title of the bill, it's called the Cannabis for Private Purposes Bill. That in itself is a contradiction in terms. The Constitutional Court ordered Parliament to develop a law that is in harmony with the South African Constitution. That means that the new law must be interdependent, it must be interconnected, and it must be interrelated to the rights, the visions, and the ideals of the South African people. The Cannabis for Private Purposes Bill is not that. It is not interdependent, it is not interconnected, it is disjointed. What does it say currently? What does it say currently for the benefit of someone like myself who's saying, well, I I really don't know where we stand? So the bill allows adult South Africans to use cannabis, to grow cannabis, and to possess cannabis. But not to buy? Not at all. 
<laughs> Nobody is There's able... There's a contradiction there, though. It is. Because it, it, it would seem that the, 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 the existential reality that the constitutional court thought of, you know, the country that they live in, seems to be quite different from the country that the majority of South Africans live in. Because if you didn't have seeds or if you didn't have a mother plant on the 18th of September 2018, then it meant that you had to break the law in order to exercise the right that the Constitutional Court gave you. Hmm. Because where are you going to get your cannabis to use? Where are you going to get the seeds from in order for you to cultivate your cannabis? You have to go to what people still call the black market. You have to break the law in order to exercise your right. Now, that means absolutely nothing for the cannabis community. And the sad reality is, is that despite the, the, the victory that the Constitutional Court gave the, the, the uh, cannabis community, one million people have been arrested since 2018. The government have continued to arrest 200,000 people a year, primarily for possessing cannabis, not for dealing in cannabis, but mostly for possessing cannabis. So instead of, of exercising their discretion in favor of freedom or liberty, the police have continued to exercise their discretion in favor of arresting and dispossessing members of the cannabis community. Now, how can we work with the cannabis community or pro uh, proclaim to want to work with the cannabis, uh, with cannabis on the one hand, but on the other hand, the police are still continuing on their old ways, uh, which is arresting and harassing members of the cannabis community. That is why the cannabis economy cannot get off the ground. Russ Prince, however, on the other hand, I'm seeing you walk into uh, the big retail pharmacies and you find cannabis products. You'll find the cannabis oil, CBD oil, you'll find uh, rubs and, and, and a lot of other things. Where are they getting that cannabis from if we are not able to just freely buy it? And I know you're talking about private use now, but in general, where are they getting it from? Why is it okay for other companies to uh, produce in masses and put it out into the market while others who are retailing for private use, which is legal, um, are not permitted to? Now, firstly, that arises because there is a distinction made by government between the different cannabinoids of the cannabis plant. THC, which is the variety that we have been fighting for all along and which is in the very nature of the indigenous cannabis grown in South Africa, right? Ours is a high THC cannabis, whereas now you have CBD cannabis, which supposedly does not in Intoxicate, right? That is so. So that is the distinction that the government draws. High THC is intoxicating and that is said to be dangerous, but CBD is non-intoxicating uh, and therefore that is said to be the more acceptable one. Now, my view on this has always been that this is cannabis apartheid 2.0. Just like under apartheid, we have this notion where certain groups of people were considered to be more superior than others, that they their uh, means of doing things were considered better. In the very same way, CBD is now touted and it's punted as being acceptable, whereas THC is still frowned upon and seen as this dangerous drug that society must be protected against. So in law, there was a provision made by 
CBD was legalized in that sense, whereas uh, in the sense that there can be commercial activity around CBD products. But the, the irrationality is, is that eight or nine out of 10 CBD products that are currently within South Africa are in these shops illegally because they have not been approved by the South African Health Products Regulatory Authority. And so these people are allowed to sell these products all over the shop. As, as you see, I'm mean, like in clicks to skim pharmacies and all of these. You see these products, right? People that has connections with police, uh, station commissioners, they are running these illegal activities within South Africa. Uh, you get those people that have been awarded Section 21 and Section 22 licenses by SAPRA. They are now dumping their products on the so-called illegal market, thereby squeezing out the small men, the, the, the Rastafari people, those people that have been fighting for cannabis for 40, 40, 50 years. But now it would seem that others who just come, uh, who are all Johnny-come-lately, but they are now in front to benefit from cannabis freedom and cannabis legalization, whereas our government is supposed to be protecting the previously disadvantaged cannabis community from the influx of these people who want to, to, to overtake our industry because they are better positioned when it comes to resources, money. A-teamers, uh, we're in conversation with Raz Gareth Prince, uh, who is a legal professional, a DACA lawyer and a chairperson of the Cannabis Development Council of South Africa. And we're talking about uh, the cannabis industry in our country, the challenges. And if there are some wins, I'm sure we'll get to them. We'd like to hear from you as an A-teamer. Um, are you using cannabis um, for private use? Do you find it difficult to buy it? Or is it easy for you to buy it? Perhaps you are read and listen, I understand some of these comments, you're going to come in as um, anonymous, so you feel free. But are you perhaps retailing cannabis and you're also frustrated because maybe you're always getting arrested and you just don't understand where the line is being towed? You're retailing it because people are permitted by law to utilize it for their private use. But here you are always finding yourself in the back foot of the law. Let's have these conversations 0614104107. That's the WhatsApp number that we're on. I know for many, many years there have been or mama, or gogo, women in the Eastern Cape in Guazulu Natal who've been growing cannabis and they've raised their churn through growing and retailing cannabis. But today they're, they're locked out of this industry. So these are the conversations that are very important for us to have. Hi, Vickers here from Halifax. I just wanted to know, is there a party for this uh, cannabis story? Is there a party that one can join? Oh, is there a party? <laughs> Raz Prince, is there a party? People want to join and then fight the a good fight. Indeed, the Dhaka Party of South Africa was registered by Mr. Jeremy Acton. That was one of the, my co-plaintiffs. My case, as well as the case of Mr. Jeremy Acton and three others, um, were consolidated, and and that made out the Constitutional Court case. So yes, the party was registered, and um, yeah, I think they registered for the previous uh, uh, elections. That's why they didn't get that many votes, as such. But uh, 
the short answer to the question is yes, there is a political party and of which Mr. Jeremy Acton um, was the, the president of. Is there a cannabis master plan for the country? Uh, it's green gold and it's supposed to be creating uh, thousands of jobs. Um, but is there a master plan that we should be looking forward to that can maybe bring light to this parliament's uh, legislation? Indeed, indeed. South Africa um, did champion a cannabis master plan, but like the Cannabis for Private Purposes bill, this master plan was flawed right from the very outset because it it lacked basic and adequate public participation. You cannot develop a new piece of legislation or develop a new economic plan around cannabis without the participation of the community that represents this plant and the community that have suffered as a result of their association with this plant. And this is unfortunately what happened in relation to the Cannabis for Private Purposes Bill, as well as with the Cannabis Master Plan. The president of, 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 of the country in his, in his past two State of the Nation addresses referenced the issue of cannabis. But, you know, that was more like a political soundbite or political rhetoric as opposed to genuine commitment to work with the cannabis plant. And it is unfortunate that those who find themselves in positions of, of power and discretion doesn't seem to know what this industry is about. They are not in touch with the, the pulse of, 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 of people of this industry. They are not in touch with what's happening um, in the modern international economical sphere when it comes to, 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 uh, to the issue of cannabis. And... You know, Patricia, whereas in South Africa, we had a golden opportunity to develop a legislative blueprint that could have been the envy of the rest of the world in relation to cannabis. But our government refused to, to grab that opportunity. With, you know, there's a saying in, 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 in Afrikaans that translates to, you don't look a gift horse in the mouth. But it seems that when it comes to the issue of cannabis, that our government wants to focus more on the so-called problems around cannabis than focusing on the benefits that we can draw from this plant. Everybody still so, uh, is, is stuck on this idea of cannabis being a dangerous drug. But the reality is, is that alcohol and tobacco, they kill thousands of people more than what cannabis does. And... These substances, apart from smoking and drinking, they serve very little other purpose. When it comes to the issue of cannabis, smoking is but a small part of what this plant and, and what this industry is about. First and foremost, it is about food, clothes and shelter and providing that to our people in an economically sustainable manner that works towards job and, and that is what cannabis does. And th that's one thing I think everyone needs to be more educated about, the fact that there's such a huge value chain uh, offering from cannabis. It's, it's not only uh, for smoking. And traditional healers in South Africa use cannabis uh, for, for their uh, libations. It is used in making herbal mixtures that heal various uh, ailments. And I remember even on this show, I once said to the A-teamers, I, as a child, as a baby, I had 
bad asthma. So I can't remember this, but I'm told by my grandmother that I had asthma so bad that there's no gadget that I did not have at home to deal with my asthma. And the thing that helped me is the fact that my grandfather was told by some of his friends that he should boil marijuana leaves and give them to me to drink as tea. And I'm telling you, by the time I was six years old, apparently I never had an attack. I never had to use a nebulizer. I never had to use any of the gadgets and contraptions that I had. And and until today, I I, I don't have any effects or impact of once having asthma as a child. So there's there's so many uses for cannabis. But... um, um, (laughs) Russ Prince, let me go to uh, our A-teamers. Let me start with Vuyiswa, who is holding on the line. Vuyiswa, good evening. Evening. Patricia, how are you? I'm blessed. How are you? Yeah, thanks. You've got that uh, great man there, Prince. Uh, I love him so much. Oh, wow. I like him so much. Uh, Yeah, thank you for having him there. Uh, you know what, I think as Africans we've been deceived of our ancient, you know, herb, our ancient world, our ancient medicinal, everything, man. You know, I, I, I can't describe further, but the fact is that it, it just got a lot of work, but our oppressors made a lot of money, have, are still making money out of it, you know, so... Uh, exporting it and, you know, importing it, whatever they do, they're exporting it all over the world. I remember was uh, my experience with it, I was very, uh, getting some nightmares because uh, of my neighbors in London, and Lamakak was on both sides, they were my neighbors. So the other one was accusing the other one for, for witchcraft, and the other one doing the same. So I started, you know, having a lot of problems because white live on imagination. And those imaginations come from some beliefs that they, uh, they they believe in. You know, everything is just a imagination and witchcraft. So I told one Jamaican brother that I used to hang around Kensington Palace when it's summer to study and do whatever. So the brother used to actually also walk around there. One day he took me. So I told him as we, the conversation went deep about God, about what, about our predicament as African. So I told him about it. He said, no, man, I'll bring you Marijuana tomorrow. And he brought it to me. And I bent it like incense. From that day, I never, never, not even one day, experienced any mysterious uh, uh, happening. How night. did you use it, Risa? I bent it. As incense? As incense, and I, I've, I learned even in the U.S. when, you know, I'm a mother of twins, twins. So what happens is that whenever they will cry, I'll just burn it. And it will just become as if nobody was crying, you know, was being disturbed by maybe some things. Because white people do witchcraft like nobody's business. So I, 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 I was actually said, even up to now, I live on impact drinking. 
for my bronchitis because I get a lot of attack of bronchitis. I drink it and I, I damage whenever I'm not feeling comfortable. Thank you for sharing your experiences with it. And you okay. see, now I'm glad that you're mentioning that you smudge with it. So uh, you, you burn it as, as a, an aura cleanser, as a diffuser yeah. in your home. Um, and then you also uh, use it as a tea for your bronchitis. But now, Vuyiswa, where we are as a country right now, how easy is it for you to get your marijuana? And when you've got it on <laughs> you and you are driving <laughs> from wherever you got it to home, I, I, how do you I, I, feel? I haven't had a colleague at the uh, when I came back from the USA and I left BBC World Service uh, at infrastructure department in Gauteng. She had relatives in Lesotho. You know, there's this story also that I want the prince to clarify because you hear stories like the one from Swaziland is stronger than the one. Then someone will say, no, the Lesotho one. Someone will say, no, the Malawi one. So actually, I don't know whether they differ. That's what I'm trying to research. So she, she would bring it to me because, yeah, around Johannesburg, you, you, our brothers are becoming notorious, especially, I don't want to mention names, they mix it with the drugs. So I'll get the one fresh from the suit and I'm still getting it. All right, fresh from the suit. Uh, so we'll get... <laughs> you must share, right? <laughs> you must share. Next time I bump into you, share with yeah. me. Um, uh, and then I'll burn it because now I utilize it as got ready to, to, to smudge. But I also utilize it to make uh, uh, imbiza, so the herbal uh, mixtures for various ailments. Uh, with I also do it so so to so, mix yeah. for imbiza. And I'm, uh, my own imbiza is that. I'm gifted with. <laughs> you see now. So you and I have too much in common. Thank you, Vuiswa, for calling in. Thank you, sure. Thanks. Let me come to you, uh, Raz Prince. Um, so Vuiswa is uh, talking about, well, she's asking, which one is the strongest? There's a huge debate. Is it the one from Malawi, the Sotho, Swaziland? Which one is the strongest cannabis? Hey, they, they, they are all nice and delicious. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, flavor differ. So you get people will have a specific uh, uh, flavor or preference. However, these the the different cannabis, I mean, it 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 is according to your 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 climatical conditions. And therefore, because the climates of these different areas are different, that is why you find that their cannabis uh, varieties uh, differ. But like I said, they 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 are all delicious and they all serve particular purposes. You know, the, the variety that grows within South Africa has been tested by the University of Free State. And our cannabis, you know, apart from, from the cannabis plant, contains more than 122 cannabinoids. However, there's one, the variety that grows within South Africa contains what is called THCV. And THC stroke V has been determined as some of the strongest cannabis medicines in the world that specifically helps with uh, obesity and it it, I mean, it it has that potential and that is the type of, of research and development, the R&D that we should be doing within South Africa, developing our local strains in order to provide these strong and effective medicines all over the world. That is our, our competitive advantage. We find that, that uh, tobacco is such a serious cause of cancer and, and, and a breakdown of health within our society. Cannabis poses a much more healthier alternative towards that.
you such and our and the people of South Africa deserve the right to make these choices and they must be in a position whereby they can legitimately exercise these choices. People don't want to die from alcoholism any longer. They should have the alternative of having a much more healthier cannabis beer or a cannabis wine that they can have access to. And the cannabis community must be allowed. And we need government policies in place, government protection to ensure that these previously disadvantaged members of the cannabis community are given a leg up in building this new industry because it would be the height of injustice to see that those who profited from cannabis prohibition are now first in line to profit from cannabis freedom or cannabis legalization. What we need to understand and what our government needs to understand is that this is our green gold and we cannot allow the same policies and the same practices that allowed the gold in South Africa to be privatized and stolen from our people to again happen in respect of our green gold. This is South Africa's most abundant and most valuable natural resource. And that is what we need to use in order to advance and build ourselves into economic stability. The problem around ESCOM is one that can be resolved with DACA. How so? But it would seem that our government doesn't want to hear that solution. Uh, how how, we are how can about, our energy crisis be resolved with DACA? Because if that's the case, you I'll grow it in, everywhere in my house. My sister, we are having a problem with buying diesel. We need to spend billions. We're spending billions and billions in diesel. We can make green diesel from DACA. Okay. And those, 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 those uh, ESCOM generators and turbines that operate on diesel, we can switch those diesel, that diesel, that petroleum-based diesel, right, which is part of the, of, 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 of the pollution and the environmental problems. Mm-hmm. We can switch that with green diesel made from DACA. And, the and test has been up. done. The scientific yeah. test has been done. Why is our government not paying attention and putting research and development around replacing that diesel with green diesel? Oh. It's an experiment that has been done several four scientific papers has been written about it now in the 2020s, 2021. But our government is not listening. They are not exploring these things. In the Northwest, I recently learned that there was uh, um, a facility for making uh, um, alternative diesel that is standard is a white elephant. It's not being used. And we ask ourselves, but why? Why are these facilities not being put to you? Why are we not experimenting and working with Daha? Why are we putting obstacles in the way of our people instead of empowering our people? Why must Hundreds of thousands of people still be locked up every year, wasting billions of rand that can be better used for uh, uh, police work to do and, and protect South Africans against real crime. Raz, I've got another voice note here. I'm going to go to it um, so we can hear what A-teamers have to say. Can I please have the voice note? All right, while we wait for our system to come up, um, you know, Raz, shouldn't we be having a collective effort from traditional healers, the Rastafari community, uh, business people, growers uh, of cannabis, uh, coming together to, to, to just put a bit of 
positive pressure on government to get government to start utilizing the many options uh, for, um, for, for, for cannabis to be not just legalized, but utilized to answer some of the challenges we have, such as the energy challenge. My sister, we all thought that the process around developing the Cannabis for Private Purposes Bill or the, the, the Cannabis Master Plan would provide us with the opportunity to do just that which you spoke of now. An opportunity for the cannabis members of the cannabis industry, for business people, government people, traditional healers, all of these people to come together and put on the table their concerns, their hopes, their, their dreams, their wishes for the cannabis industry. But the government simply ignored the people. The democratic process is supposed to be about government by the people, for the people. And, and parliament has a public participation process that they are obliged to follow when it comes to developing new laws. They just flagrantly ignored the guidelines and the principles set by this public participation model. And they, the government did not workshop this cannabis for private purposes bill with anybody in the country. They did not consult communities. They did not consult the cannabis community. The Cannabis Development Council of South Africa, the, we established that community. We came out from the dark and out from the cold, wanting to come into the light of legality. Right? We persuaded our members that we want to work with government to advance the future of the South African community. But that was used against us, right? Police uh, rather used the information that was given to them in order to harass our people. We, we, we've been trying for the past four years to get a meeting with the Minister of Justice and, and with the Minister of Police, basically the Justice Cluster. But they have refused any engagement with the cannabis community. And then they go up and draw a bill where they still want to jail members of the cannabis community for 10, 15 years because they've used cannabis in front of their kids. Mm. We, we, we've developed a bill where we, we, we seem to forget that we're in South Africa and that this is not Europe, that this is a country where the people have a culture and traditions of using cannabis in every aspect of their lives. So to have a bill, you threaten me with jail time because I used cannabis in front of my kids is irrational mm. and it doesn't make sense at see, all. Raz, there's a message I'm getting here from Ukoko Eshowe. It's an SMS says, my heart goes out to the guys that were arrested for selling at the market in Richards Bay. So clearly it's still going on, this, uh, these arrests, and they're not going to stop until there's a precise um, you know, information on, 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 on the, the retailing of cannabis for private use. Let's go to the voice notes. Oh, yeah. Hello. Beautiful South Africa, happy new year. So, uh, what prevents the South African government to legalize a certain ratio of marijuana? It was British, as I'm talking, Britain, America, Germany, Australia, and other uh, European countries have legalized that. A certain percentage is sold at certain uh, outlets. So, what is the problem with our, our, our insulated government? Submission WP Ramu Jalampo. 
Good evening, Patricia, and good evening to Russ, uh, Prince. This is Incognito in KZN. Uh, Sister Pat, I just heard uh, your guest there talking about this green energy and uh, green gas and all of that. I just wanted to concur when he was talking about the environment because uh, I was watching these documentaries about the Chernobyl uh, nuclear um, explosion or something like that. The government was advised to grow hemp trees and uh, marijuana trees around um, the vicinity of where the nuclear um, fission was exposed, but they never did that, which is why the city is still a dead town. So it can help uh, in, uh, in the environment to make it even more green and more cleaner. This is incognito. Thank you. And uh, another message that says uh, the government needs wisdom on how to move forward straight up from God. Ideas perish from lack of wisdom. Uh, come in, uh, Raz, as we uh, wrap up our conversation. Oh, my. You know, I mean, the, the, the listeners have, 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 have touched on the very nerve and the pulse of these issues. You know, we, we need our government to recognize that South Africa is blessed with a tree life. She is with a tree that has the ability to affect every aspect of our lives. It can heal us materially. It can heal us spiritually. It can heal us environmentally. Oh, we're having a challenge with uh, Raz's line. I still there, Raz Prince. The line is so bad. Um, Raz Prince? Okay, we've lost Russ Prince on the line. I'm going to uh, have to wrap up the conversation there. Uh, but uh, I'm going to go to some of your messages, A-teamers. You, you, I asked you, I mean, what is it that you're doing, right? Uh, there's a voice note here of an A-teamer telling us exactly what it is they're doing. Uh, please get this one for us because A-teamers are really doing the most as uh, we are rounding off for this uh, month. The Mali brothers, Stephen Mali and uh, Damien Junior Gong Mali. Um, uh, medication, it's a song I really, really love. And uh, we know that yesterday, Stephen Mali lost his eldest son, a 31 year old son, who's also a reggae musician out in the United States of America. May his soul rest in peace. We managed to get Raz uh, Prince back. We'll play your voice notes on what you're doing and your messages after we conclude our conversation on the cannabis industry. Raz Prince. The energy crisis is also disturbing our network. <laughs> Thank you that we could get you back. Uh, all good, all good, my sister. You know, so many forces are trying to disturb the green revolution, you know, but we know we, we are going to prevail and we will conquer. And we should know that we are going to prevail and conquer as long as we are working together. Before I lost you, I was asking if there's, is there, you know, working together to push from all community, Rastafari, traditional healers, um, from, from everywhere, growers, to push government in, in uh, coming up with the solutions that are viable. Yes, indeed. We are heading towards an election in 2024 and we should hold our politicians and our representatives to account. We should not give our vote to a party that doesn't have a plan for cannabis. And when we speak of a plan for cannabis, we speak about a South African plan, one that is, that is galvanized from the roots 
up, not from the top down. We want the people on the ground to be represented. And as the Cannabis Development Council of South Africa and other civil society groups, we represent the interest of the voiceless cannabis masses. We need to understand that this is a community that has been downpressed, that has been marginalized for more than 100 years. And it is our government's duty to ensure that they give us the proper assistance and that they engage in genuine consultation with the members of the cannabis community in order to solve the problems and the challenges of the people of South Africa. We indeed can be the envy of the rest of the world and demonstrate how government can work with its people in an environmentally sustainable manner in order to advance the interests of all of us and build Umzanzi into the country that we would all love it to be. And with cannabis, we can do that in a green manner and in an ancient, traditional, spiritual, healing manner. Let's do it right now. We have the ability to do that. We have the people to do that. We've got a lovely country to do that. Nothing that stands in our way. And let us, let our politicians demonstrate that they really care about the people of South Africa and let us not see to it that big business and corrupt politicians and gangsters are the ones that benefit from this cannabis community, but rather the people that have built it into the multi-billion industry that it currently is. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Raz Prince. It's uh, such a great pleasure engaging with you. 2023, we'll have this conversation again, and I'm hoping it will be with a bit of progress from government side. Aluta continua. A-teamers, uh, it's five minutes after 11. I did promise you that we are going to get a band. They are getting up the the stairs, elevators, trying to make their way up here. They are coming with instruments. It's going to be a live one. I'm so excited. Ingoma, Zase Africa, Marumba Band, Koli Mazibu, Koli Fa Diamond, Siabonga Mabaso, and Koko Hatebe are going to be joining us. Those are the band members. But... Um, I promised you earlier that we'll be playing the messages that you have sent us around, what you are up to, uh, how the last couple of days of this December is going, last couple of days of 2022 is going. I'm uh, definitely living in gratitude. Um, day four of Kwanza Ujama, that is uh, the the tag for the day according to Kwanza, and that's what I'm living according to. Let me hear from you. Hi Patricia, this is Anonymous from Cape Town. I am working this evening. I work for an overseas company, so come load shedding or no load shedding, I have to work. So right now I have load shedding and I am um, hotspotting to my phone to work and listening to you at the same time. So thank you for being there. Oh, Anonymous, you are working. You, you are not alone. I can sing that song because it's true. You are not alone. Uh, we are together. Um, work work well, work hard, and uh, may, may all the things that you are wishing for for the new year come to pass for you and your loved ones. Another message here from Mfano Zelwe Shorzy, who says, my last two days, I'm chilling with my wife, Londi Shorzy. We're celebrating 22 years in marriage, married 
on the 30th of December. Uh, and next to us, uh, our two daughters, Siataba and Andi Swashozi, chilling at Ndwedwe, Marygrave Village. Hey, you're from my neck of the hood. Um, I'm, I'm, my side is Ndwedwe, it's Dumbeni. So, yeah, a bit of an opposite direction, but the same uh, municipality nonetheless. So, enjoy yourself, Shozi family, Anonymous, and all eight teamers. Keep those messages coming in. We give you great music up until our guests come into studio. If you think you can notice.